Last week, we provided a small peek into the state of affairs in the Union War Department, a nest of totalitarians. Prior to the war, attempts were made to change American society, but it was not fast enough to erode the layers of strength within the American population. The two main methods that were used were the socialist organizations and mass immigration. The war, however, had a profound effect on America. This is the story that is rarely told. Out of the Civil War came the use of paper money and the first income tax, as well as the beginning of federal control over mining and agriculture, along with a host of new agencies. By 1864, the Union was nearly a complete dictatorship. Now, we've related this before, but it's important to remember. Transportation and communications were, for all practical purposes, nationalized. The writ of habeas corpus suspended. Military tribunals replaced civilian courts in large portions of the north and border states. A secret police system existed in the military and the Department of Treasury. Wiretapping was performed on the telegraph lines. Domestic passports were issued in order for civilians to travel in many parts of the country. And many military units were under the command of European and domestic communists. Now, few have heard that the state of New Jersey passed a resolution in the legislature condemning the conduct of the war by the federal government and the creation of new states such as West Virginia. Further, the resolution contained this language, quote, While abating not in her devotion to the union of the states and the dignity and power of the federal government, at no time since the commencement of the present war has this state been other than willing to terminate peacefully and honorably to all a war unnecessary in its origin, fraught with horror and suffering in its prosecution, and necessarily dangerous to the liberties of all in its continuance. The resolution detailed a long list of violations of the Constitution by the federal government in its conduct of the war. It's well worth reading for anyone who wishes to study just what was happening to American liberty as a result of the war and is widely accessible online from reliable sources. Yet school history books do not have any mention of this resolution. As far as the texts are concerned, there was total support for the North and its actions during this period. We have not begun to relate here the problems of federal totalitarian actions even to the point where all of the people in certain sections and counties were evacuated from their homes and property by the army to completely shut down any opposition. This occurred within the non-seceding states. This was also true of the Jewish population in the South by Grant, who was an anti-Semite. Grant forced Jewish residents to move out of territory he occupied. When this issue came up before Congress, not one man rose in Congress to oppose this ask action by Grant. Lincoln countermanded the order, but by the time he did so, the Jews had been moved out and their businesses closed. Generally speaking, the Northern government was anti-Semitic. The South was not, and unlike the North, had members of the Jewish faith within their government. As far as can be determined, only one Jewish individual was employed within the federal government of any position. He was just a simple low-level clerk. It seems rather strange that on one hand, the black slaves were to be set free by the war. On the other hand, the Jews were another story. Rarely is this aspect of the prejudices 
of the Northern authorities told. We are to believe that the South, South was prejudiced and the North accepting of all. That was not the way it was. People were not happy with their government. This was true on both sides. This is why Lincoln used the ruse of a split in the Republican Party to gain re-election. In the South, the fractures within the Confederacy made it impossible for it to stand as a united force after the war started. Many of those in the forefront for a secession movement then became obstructionists for our united Confederacy. Such men included Zebulon Vance, Alexander Stevens, Robert Tomes, Robert Rett, but the worst of the lot was Governor Joseph Emerson Brown of Georgia, who after the war became one of the richest men in the South by becoming a Southern carpetbagger. These men worked against a united front for the Confederacy during the war. Remember, the idea was not to divide the country as we know, the idea was simply to have a war to change the country. In both cases, the North and the South, Many leaders who advocated separation immediately switched after hostilities commenced. All the details of this story are in my book. And as we have said, immigration played a role in changing America. The problem with these radicalized immigrants was that they had no comprehension of Americanism, limited government, and the Constitution. And too many behaved accordingly. This remains the problem with immigration today, doesn't it? The federal government created new agencies, many of them overseen by the War Department, to educate and provide for ex-slaves and others in the South as the Union Army marched through. These freedmen organizations used their charges as fodder for socialism and the Republican Party. A man we visited before, Richard V. Hinton, who helped build the reputation of John Brown, later helped organize the Washington section of the Communist First International was named Inspector General of the Freedmen Bureau, whose function was to establish benefits and education for the freed slaves. At the end of the war, the Freedmen's Bureau was established as an arm of the War Department with the communist Robert Dale Owen as secretary and de facto executive officer in charge. Owen was a very famous communist and anti-Christian. Everyone knew what he was. He was notorious and the guiding light behind the establishment of the Smithsonian Institute, a story well worth reading about in my book, believe me. Just about everyone placed in charge of the Freedmen activities were part of the communist coterie. This is also well documented in my book. The Freedmen Bureau was supposedly designed to help the freed slaves, but instead turned them into cannon fodder for the future socialist state. Next week, we'll look at the assassination of Lincoln.